Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And so you'd see him and go, my God, now there's, here's a franchise legend. His, his number's been retired. Here's, you know, this, this, this titanic figure in White Sox history is uh, here and, you know, waiting for someone to pick him up from the ballpark. Welcome to WBBM In Depth. My name's Jill DeGroote. Today, legendary White Sox player Minnie Minoso, the first player of color to play for a Chicago Major League team, was celebrated in a special birthday memorial held at the old Comiskey Park home plate plaque. We're talking to WBBM reporter Rob Hart, who covered the story. Thanks for being here, Rob. Can you start by telling us who was Minnie Minoso? He is a, a baseball pioneer and a Chicago baseball pioneer. More importantly, uh, he broke um, the Afro-Cuban color barrier uh, in Major League Baseball when he was signed out of the Negro Leagues by the Cleveland Indians in 1948. And then a trade brought him to Chicago in 1951, where he also became the first uh, black player uh, in Chicago uh, of any Chicago team, of the White Sox or the Cubs. And he immediately became uh, made, made an impact because as a baseball player, not only was he just incredibly athletic and very fast uh, and had a cannon for an arm, too, um, he had power. And in Old Comiskey Park, this was a baseball park that was built in 1910 for an entirely different era of baseball. So throughout the uh, history of the White Sox up to that point, they never had very many home run hitters just because the dimensions of Comiskey Park were so cavernous it was very difficult to actually hit the ball out of the ballpark so it's you know 40 years into the ballpark's existence and here's Minnie Minoso some guy who could actually uh, hit the baseball over the fence so he became emblematic of this era this revival era of White Sox baseball uh, when they were the go-go White Sox because they did rely on a little bit of power for Minnie Minoso, speed, which Minoso had, uh, and then some, and was just, you know, brought baseball back on the south side of Chicago uh, because for the decades prior to his arrival uh, on the White Sox, uh, you know, the, the White Sox were a bad team, a historically bad team. Um, you know, they had, they had kind of been perpetually out of contention since the uh, Black Sox scandal, the gambling scandal in 1919 when they threw the World Series. So his arrival uh, on the south side of Chicago marked this renaissance in Chicago baseball, especially on the White Sox, that culminated in uh, their appearance in the World Series in 1959, that uh, they lost the Los Angeles Dodgers. But, you know, that, that was the first and last 
uh, baseball pennant of any kind until 2005. So it was a uniquely special event, a uniquely special team. And even though Minoso was not on the 1959 team, he had been traded away in 1957, uh, he is identified with that era. And then he came back um, in 1960. He played in 60 and 61, and then again in 64 uh, before leaving Major League Baseball. But then he became this beloved franchise figure. He came back as a member of the coaching staff in the 1970s. And uh, in the late 70s, um, uh, when the team was owned by Bill Veck, this unorthodox uh, baseball personality who believed in breaking rules left and right, uh, he invited Minoso to have individual at-bats in the last game of the season uh, in 1976 and again in 1980. So he became this person who played baseball in parts of, I think, seven different decades because he had a minor league at bat in the 90s and then another one in the 2000s. And after that, he just became this guy who was a a White Sox team ambassador. Uh, He would show up at fan conventions, fantasy camps, uh, charity appearances, any anything, any event. Uh, the White Sox needed Minnie Minoso to attend. He would attend. And he had his Minnie Minoso hat uh, that he would wear that kind of spelled out all of his accomplishments. And he was also uh, a Chicagoan. He lived here. And you would see his black uh, Cadillac with a Minoso 9 license plate just driving around town. So he was a Chicago fixture and a White Sox franchise fixture. And uh, when he died in 2015, uh, it was a, a you know, there was a great deal of sadness in the White Sox fan community. And, you know, there has been this push to uh, uh, have his accomplishments recognized by Baseball's Hall of Fame. And that very well could happen on Sunday when the uh, uh, the results of the Golden Era ballot are announced. And uh, talked to members of his family today, and they say they're uh, cautiously optimistic that uh, many could get into the hall as early as next week. Rob had the opportunity to speak with Minnie Minoso's wife and son about his lasting legacy. I feel honored that people do remember him and still still feel positive towards towards what he left behind and his his memory, his legacy. It's it's heartwarming to hear some of the other players and some of the fans talk about how much he meant to them and baseball. Dad's journey of not you know, not being in his home country, not having command of the English language that, you know, others did. I think that is uh, that is something that oftentimes is, is, is overlooked when it comes to his some of his careers and what he had to navigate during that time. Rob, what was it like talking with Minnie Minoso's family? Uh, you know, they're they're just both thrilled that people still remember him and still remember his accomplishments, because even six years after his death, Uh, White Sox fans still think very highly of him. And the one thing that they really uh, enjoy is that every time the Golden Era committee uh, includes his name on the ballot, uh, this, you know, the machinery of baseball writing uh, uh, lumbers into action and you have new generations of sports writers uh, who might have been born decades after he last played even as a stunt uh realizing just what a, a a tremendously skilled player he was and a special talent and th- they they both said they're very they're very uh humbled and honored 
that not only do people remember him, but new generations of fans are discovering his accomplishments. Can you set the scene for us? What was it like at the event held today in honor of Minnie Minoso's birthday? It was kind of, it was fun. It, you know, as, as a White Sox fan myself, it's neat uh, looking at all of these pieces of memorabilia that were set up. It was kind of like an ofrenda uh, that, was, that was placed on the, uh, on, on the site of home plate at Old Comiskey Park at 35th and Shields, which is now a, uh, mostly a parking lot for guaranteed rate field. And not only was there, you know, there were some, some items that the team had in their possession, but also there were some items that were from the Minoso family's uh, own collection, including a picture taken sometime in the 90s of uh, Minnie Minoso in his White Sox uniform standing at that very home plate site, uh, uh, you know, where he did his greatest work as a member of the White Sox. And uh, there were some other things, too. Um, uh, there, were, there were lots of flowers. Uh, his widow said he was very big on uh, making sure that uh, you know, flowers were given as a gift at the major occasions in their life. And also uh, his, his set of dominoes, because I guess when, when they would play on the road, you know, this is still in the era when you would take trains and take buses and, you know, there was long journeys over land to get to the next town where you were playing. Um, they would play dominoes to kill time. So he was a big dominoes player. And this memorial, not only were there pictures, but in his uniform, um, there was, there was a, a set of dominoes. Uh, there was a box of cigars. Uh, all of these things that were very important to him were part of this memorial today. Rob, you mentioned that Minoso is one of 10 candidates on the Golden Days era ballot to be considered for Hall of Fame election in December. Can you give us some insight? What does this nomination mean? There are three kind of ways to get in as a player. There is the first round where you're on the Hall of Fame ballot five years after you retire. And if you don't make the cut, uh, you then get on the Veterans Committee, and then if you don't make the cut there, you go in uh, as a member of the Golden Era, where people, you know, this now at this point, you know, writers and others uh, have many decades to look at your career in context, and they can determine if if you belong uh, with this group of, uh, of of players who are just better than anyone else historically. He's been on in 2011, and I think he just missed the cut, and again in 2014. So this is the first time in seven years that uh, I think he's, he's up for consideration again. And his family, the team, um, and fans you know, definitely want uh, the writers and those who do have a say and, and can vote on the Golden Era ballot uh, to absolutely consider him. Because his accomplishments, you know, in, in the context of the 1940s and 50s, and not only just his social accomplishments, the, the barriers that he broke as a player, but also his accomplishments on the field are absolutely, you know, worthy of baseball's Hall of Fame. And, you know, some have argued that if he played in New York uh, instead of Chicago, he would have been in a long time ago. You know, he's just he's, he's a, a fascinating player. And and just a, 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 a cool a cool guy out of baseball's history, you know, I, I would see him at uh, you know, various White Sox events through the years, and you just go, holy moly, that's Minnie Minoso. I mean, first off, it was 
it, it was hard to miss him uh, just because he walked around wearing a hat that said, I'm Minnie Minoso. I mean, very few of us walk around wearing hats announcing our presence. And he was one of them. Ernie Banks was the other. And so you, you'd see him and go, my God, no, there's, here's a franchise legend. His, his number has been retired. You see this, this, this Titanic figure in White Sox history is uh, here and, you know, waiting for someone to pick him up from the ballpark. Uh, so that, that, that was always just fun to see him around and, and people enjoyed uh, getting autographs from him and just, you know, seeing him because he was just a very nice, positive presence uh, in the White Sox fan community. And the other thing I, I, I asked uh, his son and his widow, you know, what did, you know, they went to the playoffs last year and they have this roster that is uh, stacked with Cuban players. And, you know, what, what would he think about all of this? And they said he would have been thrilled. He would have been just, he would have been into it. He would have been in, enjoyed every bit of it, being at the ballpark, seeing fans, having a good time. And he would have been just as superstitious uh, as he was at any other time. So I guess if they had a winning streak, he never changed his clothes um, or just wore the same outfits until that winning streak was over. And he really would have, he really would have just enjoyed the hell out of his team. And, you know, I think, you know, that it's, it's too bad. Uh, he didn't have that opportunity to, to, to see it. Uh, uh, when, when he died, there was a re, they, they were in the midst of a rebuild, and uh, that rebuild is now is now over. They're now a playoff caliber team, and he, they said he would have really enjoyed watching them this year. Well, thank you again for being here, Rob, and for your insight. My pleasure. That was WBBM's Rob Hart. Thanks for tuning in to WBBM in depth, and don't forget to subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.